All right. Hi, my name is uh, Salem, and I'm the creator of the podcast of uh, uh, Connecting the Dots. And I have with me Oliver and Dom. Oliver? So, yeah, hi. 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 I'm Oli from Verbal Seed Planting, and I have with me, oh, <laughs> downstairs. Okay. Who's with me? Oh, downstairs. The fuck, man? Yeah, because you're Over here, bro. The second part of the team, Verbal Seed Planting. How you doing, guys? Greetings from Switzerland. Hello, hello. Uh, Okay, so, you know, on this podcast, since it's an introductory podcast, we're going to be talking about ourselves, our journeys, and we'll be talking about some, uh, some different subjects along the way. You know, I'll start with myself. You know, uh, my journey started five years ago. I just moved to the U.S. Uh, to, to finish my college education. I already finished two years in Jordan, and I wanted to move in here. At first, I went to Los Angeles, stayed there for two months. Then my uncle kicked me out because I was he figured out I was smoking weed and hanging out with bad people. He was like, it's not going to happen here, bro. You got to go. So uh, I came to Virginia where my grandparents stay, and I rented a house. And uh, that's where the journey started for me. Started researching religions. I was uh, raised Muslim. I never questioned anything before that. I just followed the religion blindly. But then I met a uh, few friends who are kind of not 100% with the religion. So they made me question stuff when I started smoking weed. And that's, you know, that's how it started for me. You know, I was just blasted into it. 100%. Yeah. So you say the weed helped a little bit on the path of enlightenment? Yes, 100%. It's like, <laughs> it opened, you know, it opened some pathways that were closed before that, you know, questioning and thinking out of the box. I love that, man. For 24 ever. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, after that, I just started reading about the Illuminati, the Freemasons, the symbols, the the history. You know how World War One was fake, World War Two, and slowly I started like tearing down my slowly one by one, and uh, it was a journey. One or two years, I was learning more every single year about different things. And uh, the, la the last piece for me was uh, acid, when I took my first acid. It all made sense. I was like, now I know what it means. What? <laughs> <laughs> that was trip. Yeah, man. That was, like, but that's, that's my story. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. So I can definitely relate to you in many ways. A lot of, for me, definitely also changed when I tried acid the first time. I also had the same moment, like, oh, now it all makes sense. I already read and saw a lot before that point and already was thinking about all this stuff and already knew that it's like, like there is a some part of truth in all of that type of stuff. But taking acid got me more closer to the spirit, honestly. Like before, I was just caring about all the stuff that's happening here in like the four-dimensional world in our reality, right? Right here with all the humans and stuff and all the negativity. But when I started trying to take acid, like I actually for the first time really connected to like what's out there, like to the things that we not can't really see with our four-dimensional vision. And yeah, so I can relate to you, man. 
Yeah, Oliver, what about you, man? How uh, how did all that shit start? Yeah, I wanted to uh, to say when you have a, an LSD trip or in any trip, you know, um, I feel like there is one consistent, how do you say, a red line or something that connects always. It's like um, you can say to yourself that I was wrong in my worldview before because now I see more, I have got more information, got more um, data on the objective reality which is outside. And now I know that it's different than what I thought it was. And I think that is a very healthy thing to do in life in general. Yeah, I uh, I agree with you, you know. So like if I want to start going through my journey, you know, slowly. I as I said, I I grew up religiously, so you know, religion gives you uh a point view of the world. Like you have to believe this, this about the world, this about the afterlife, this about it. It structures your belief system. And I that gives you security, right? Because when you when you are told and all the people around you believe the same thing, you feel like you belong in a group. So coming out of Islam was very like a rough journey for me. And my friends, they're from Saudi Arabia, right? And they have the most extreme version of uh, Islam. So when they came here, they were already they were ready to like to, to tell like to just jump out the ship. So one night I was smoking weed with them, and we were watching a, a documentary about the Freemason. It's called uh, uh, the the arri- I don't know the coming the arriving I don't know it's a very old movie like two thousand five two thousand six. And I just get started getting paranoid. I'm like, oh shit, this is so real. And then they started made me doubt a little bit about Muhammad and the Islamic religion, and I was just so defensive, like against all that. And uh, but we kept fighting for a long time because I was like, no, Muhammad is the truth. This is the right thing. What are you guys saying? And I did not touch religion, and like. But after like two years, uh, like one year and a half, I started researching that. Before that, I was just researching about the reality of the world. You know the. Uh, the financial system, the political system, the wars, 9-11, just started becoming more real. And what really scared me, like I had a lot of fear coming into it because like when everybody else believes it and you don't believe in yourself, you're like, I, I'm not, I don't know the truth. I, I can know, I, like, it's, it's not possible that I know more than these people, my teachers, my parents and people around me. Like, no, this is, it's no way happening for real. But the more I researched it, like you could not, unsee the truth once you see it you can't like once you take there's no blue pill basically the blue pill is something nice i wish there was existed like you know you could take it for a weekend and just live the blue pill but you cannot once you see it you just 100 in and you just keep deep, like, doing deep research you know yeah i want to step into that and talk about uh identification um it's something what we have discussed once before which is really important that uh, this whole problem of um, problems, you know, that arise because of uh, different religions or different worldviews, I think very often it's a, a problem with misidentification. Um, so when you identify with your religion or with your nation or with your, I don't know, with your body, then your mind tries to protect that and 
in in any case in what we believe right so we've been brought up differently in different countries in different cultures but if we can all agree that there are some parts that we don't know um then it makes us kind of brings us down to a humble place where we can talk to each other eye to eye right and um so i think this is one of the first steps uh, if you in an awakening process if we, if we are talking about an awakening process to acknowledge um that you don't know everything because that opens you the boundaries to um if you think you know everything then your knowledge is is absolute it's it's finished <laughs> you're you're done so if we can remind us every day that this is not done that we know very little and that we can expand our knowledge every day that would be a beautiful thing i think so uh as first step what do you think about that i uh, i personally uh, uh, go ahead go ahead Dom. i already talked <laughs> all right yeah beautiful go beautiful aspect of seeing it i also see it the same very way as you guys but honestly um that helped me a lot on my journey honestly knowing that i don't know everything definitely but where i started fast was when i realized that i started to talk to my friends real quick like really shortly after i started to understand all those things and especially understanding that you don't know everything my first person that i reached out to were my friends and was what <laughs> was really incredible and that also gives me a high hope into our generation was that already many many people around me that never told me that they think about those things also already were thinking about their thing they were like okay mostly of them are in my generation my age like between 20 24 but it was incredible to realize <laughs> that law of attraction works man like what you give to the world you get back and those energies and vibrations that you send out to the world actually get here and yeah i have to say like in the beginning that was one of the most beautiful things to me of waking up seeing that there are already so many that see it the same way as us and that's why i also think we have high hopes and the high potential in our generation to actually achieve something if we unite and work together yeah i agree i mean uh uh, see the thing for me at least i i define awakening two two ways there's awakening to the reality of the world you know call it the illuminati call it the pyramid there's that type of awakening and then there's a spiritual awakening and they both come in together at one point you have to start somewhere and so that path will bring you to that other path you know if you wake up spiritually first you understand the law of attraction you understand that you have a higher self that all is connected and only unconditional love is what's going to win at the end you start examining the world okay then why are we living in this very chaotic un ununderstandable world if that's the vibration of god and then you start understanding that there's a force out there that wants to dominate everything and wants to bring it all under control and you start seeing different aspects there's a finance there's economics there's politics there's war there's religion there's all these subjects but each one of them is just like a giant subject you can't just in one day know it all for me the first movie that 
I mean, as I said, I, I started with the conspiracies a little bit, started with 9-11, uh, how Bush and all the presidents, you know, used to have ties with the Rockefellers, with the Rothschilds, and how those people own the central banks. There's also a movie, I don't know if you know about it, it's called Zeitgeist, Zeitgeist Addendum. That movie was just like, that's, that was a central point of my awakening. When I saw the second movie, Zeitgeist, how it explained it about the financial system. I freaked out. I was like, okay, so all of this is fake. We're just living like slaves. I wanted to scream in the, like, in the ears of everybody, like, wake up, this is fake. <laughs> so, yeah. Like, I just didn't know what to do after that. But, like, the information was so true and so, so big. I'm like, come on, like, money is fake, guys. Like, why are we working these jobs and getting these houses and loans if it's, all of it is fake? What the fuck are we doing? And I did, I was like 22 at the time, 21, you know. And just shout out real quick to the guys who made Zeitgeist. Whoever is going to listen to this at some day, watch this movie because this movie is going to change a lot and has many, many really interesting facts about world. Like, no shit. That helped me so much, this movie, man. Giving back to you, but... No, I want to hear Oliver's... Uh... When I was about 16, Salim, uh, my mother had to endure me all by herself because my brother was gone um, for a year in Italy uh, for an exchange. And every evening, actually, when I was 16, because I was so into Richard Dawkins and uh, all these scientists and all these kind of movies and also zeitgeist movies and Stonehenge. I was really interested in these Stonehenge, uh, ancient religions, ancient cultures, ancient languages, linguistics, uh, ruins, um, hieroglyphics and stuff. So, and, and the code behind, uh, behind all these things. So I thought zeitgeist, also in that time i i saw but f for me it was more a waking up and thinking wow there is so much more to know i want to know i want to know more um so it's it's kind of a two-faced thing for me now because it's kind of the duty that i see that we have to do to change something and there's also like your own character and getting to know yourself and finding out what your interests what your true interests are and in this whole process of figuring out who are you uh, who do you want to be what are your 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 interests and also what do you want to stand for what are your goals and your values, your honor. And these are important questions, I think so, that we have to ask ourselves and that we have to pass on also at some point to a next generation. And if we lose these kind of deep, meaningful um, connections, then I think, uh, something very valuable gets lost. So 
I mean, I I agree with that. I mean, it, it all comes down like, like you know, if you know how an electrical circuit is, there's a lot of wires and then there's a point. And that point, like all these different subjects will come to a to a central point where they all meet together, but then they also have to leave in different paths. And that that point is you. You know, you are the point where all this change has to happen, but then there's also a lot of different subjects, a lot of uh, activities and societies you're involved in how do you change your interaction with that you know uh for me it was just it was tough to understand that the world the people who rule the world are evil and nobody knows about it like everybody's stupid and sleeping on it like and they pretend it's not real and they tell you go get a job and you're like but no this is real what do i do i i can like i spend a lot of time in that phase you know and uh, checking the news every day checking out when uh, are we going to beat them? When are we going to take down the system? When are we going to win? I was waiting for that win on the news, you know, like, when are we going to win? When is this going to happen? What, what, what how, when are we going to expose those people? Are they going to go to jail? And that never happened. And then that made me be like, and that's when I took acid because I was also questioning like religion because I know God was real. Okay. God exists. This could not be an accident. So which religion is the right religion? If, if God is real, who is he supporting? And I was going back and forth with Islam, with Christianity. I was going to, like, I started going to churches a little bit, listening about Jesus, about Christianity, about that. But then they worship Jesus and that Jesus is a person. I could not, like, okay, all you're saying is good, it's cool, but, you know, that, that was a person, he was a human being. You cannot worship a human being. So I disconnected from the church, too. Now, and now I don't have a religion. I was just freaking out. And did you also talk, did you also talk a lot uh, to your friends and to your family about all these topics? Oh yeah, like it was dinner, and my, I lived with my grandma and grandpa for like two years and a half and I was doing, so I sit down having dinner with them and I talked like, did you know that this was happening? Did you know this was happening? They, they never responded, they just listened. And I believe like they know it was true, but they didn't know what to say. They were just sitting down like, hmm, that's good information and they'll just say god help us you know god whatever i'm like oh shit then i'll go to school and people in school were just so lost like in college they just want to bang girls they want to do drugs they want to have a get a good job and i'm like but but you don't know what it's like you don't need it you don't need a job you need just i was i was so confused in that time because there were so many subjects i was researching you know the rothschilds rockefellers the bushes uh 9-11 jfk uh, you know, World War One, Hitler. I was researching all kinds of subjects, secret societies, Freemasons, the symbols, the state of Israel, Palestine, the connections. And like, I was just seeing, oh, truth here. And, you know, I was just like that person who's, uh, who's a junkie. He just needs, uh, you know, the, the next hit. And the next hit for me was the next news story, the next uh, truth, the next conspiracy. And I was just click, click click, watch, watch, read, read. I was going about it so much and I was just so emotionally invested in it. I was like, when are we going to beat them? When are we going to take them down? This can't go on for too much. That that was just so exhausting for me and just so alienating because I, I didn't belong anywhere now. Now, I don't belong to my religion. I don't belong to this group or that group. I'm just me, but I'm trying to belong. That was a battle for a moment until I, like acid was the moment where it all connected. I was watching a documentary about ancient symbols and what they really mean. And I remember when the movie ended, I put out my third eye. Going, 
when then colors all over, like just rainbows and shit happening. I was like, oh my God. Then I just saw like my mom, my dad, my friends just like flush down a tube. That like like imagine because the message I got was it's all in your head, all your imagination, and you're creating this own experience. So I was like, okay, so my parents and all these people are not real. And I just saw them going like Doop. go down. I'm like, okay, they're not real. Okay, I started freaking out. And I even had an experience where I was uh, telepathically talking to my brother. My brother was tripping with me. And he would hear my thoughts, and I would hear his thoughts, and I was like, oh, my God, oh, my thoughts. It was like, it's just, the acid experience is the experience that made me connect all the dots of politics, religion, and God, and what is God, how, like, how tangible God is. Like, you can really experience God. For me, God was just a person in disguise who decides, who judges, and who does things. But when I took that acid trip at all, okay, God is here with us and he, he is us and we are him. That's, that kind of started changing things a little bit. I would like to hear your approach on how, sorry, uh, sorry, Tom. I would like to hear your approach, Salim, on how you would introduce this topic to a very big audience um, that does not believe in God. So it's because I came from a religious background, it was easier for me to believe in God because, you know, that's the thing, you know, religions, they don't, they don't talk to really, uh, about religions to people who are adults. They only start with the religion when you're a kid, because when you're a kid, you don't have any, uh, you know, you don't have any firewalls or uh, antivirus to say like, oh, bullshit. No, you're just a kid. You take it all in. You're like, okay, I believe it. I believe it. I believe it. But for a non-believing person, uh, the way I would approach it to him is, you know, just logically there, nothing can, can happen out of like, I mean, the argument, the argument for atheism is just a weak argument that all this was a coincidence. You know, you would tell him, okay, how about your car? You know, your magnificent car, was that a uh, coincidence? It's just, you know, some wind brought the metal and then brought paint and brought this and made it this way. I mean, honestly, I, I'm not that much, versed in conversation to let people know about god but i would start talking about the conscious your conscious when you want to do something wrong that hurts somebody you get a feeling in your gut you get a voice in your head that tells you no that's not good Start feeling bad about it and every human shares that that feeling i would start there i'll be like why do we feel something when we are doing something wrong what's that thing speaking to us from that you know joint? there's also a lot of places you can start with people like uh near-death experiences there's a lot of channels on youtube that talk about people who had a near-death experience and they went to the other side and they came back and they describe what they see for me it you know for me this is what i'll say you don't have to start with people to tell them about god from the first thing you will you should you should educate them about the state of the world you should tell them about the financial system you should tell them about astrology and the stars you should tell them about uh, you know how there there's a lot of pedophiles and high states of power to tell them you should reveal all this information for them and then all they will see is darkness and evil so with the law of polarity if you know about anything about uh the alchemy and uh what's the uh, the her hermetic the hermetic principles there's a law of polarity and we all know it but we don't know that we know it so every time we see something we know there's an opposite when there's something too hot we know there's something too cold 
something's too fast, you know, there's something too, too slow. So when you see that amount of darkness and evil, you automatically will understand that there's another part that's so good, divine, and uh, merciful, and just omni like the God part. When you see all the evil in the world, you will automatically get in touch with that good part. So my approach will be to to let them to educate them about all the darkness and evil that's going on in the world for ages. And when they see the magnitude of the darkness, they will automatically understand that if there's this much evil, then there's this much good on the other side. And then they will understand. Because there's also people who worship Lucifer or Satan. So if Satan is real for them, then those same people who tell you about the Big Bang and all that space UFO stupid shit, they... they those people believe in Satan. So if they believe in Satan, that means there's a God. You know, that that's like that's my approach. Yeah, I see I see that absolutely. With um that when you see the one thing, there must be the other. Um in my opinion, I just would put my um try to put efforts in to in communications to try to be able to communicate with everybody in a way that they understand uh, what you're trying to say like before you said you were you were raised a Muslim and with the two other big Abrahamic religions um, Christianity and Judaism we have these we have these three big religions right and there is in germany there is a quite famous story uh it's called the ring parable which is the the parable of the rings have you heard of that zalim are you talking about a lord of the rings <laughs> yeah it's kind of similar um it's a father who had a ring and three sons and when the father died, uh, before the father died, he um, made two duplicates of his ring um, to, uh, to inherit all of his sons one ring, right? And when he died, when the father passed away, the sons actually started a fight about who inherited the real ring and which of the two brothers has the copy. And kind of the the moral of the whole story in the end, you can sum it up to the love of the father is the same to every of the sons. Um, and there is no, all of the three rings are exactly the same. And I think now we've, we talked about identification already and in our current state uh, on the planet, I think we're still in a state of real <laughs> crazy division, right? So we still think that your religion is not the same as my religion. But if we can adapt to a mindset that what you're saying is exactly the same as what I am saying, it's just put into a different color of words. But if we see that you're saying exactly the same thing or it's the same vector, it's the same movement where we want to go. Um, we may just have learned different stories to portray this, this movement. I think that 
could do something really good. And I believe the subject of God is already uh, has a lot of bad, like bad connotations to it. You know, so that's why a lot of people start uh, to give it a different name. They're like source energy, uh, spirit, nature. They use mm. the name mm. because the word of God throughout history has been used in vain, used for the wrong purposes. And uh, people don't like the word God. But when you get over that, you understand that when we say God, we don't mean the God of Christianity or God of Islam, that kind of thing. But like some people, their, their, their spiritual awakening comes through an event in their life. Somebody dies, they lose a job, they lose a house, they lose something so important for them. So they start searching for the real meaning of life and then they get in touch with their own spirit or soul. Some people like me, they get into it through conspiracies. They just start researching the reality of the world and they start researching all these different events and then they understand there's a very big darkness and big evil. So that means there must be something else on the other side. For people, it's different, different kinds of uh, like roads that lead, like they say, all roads lead to Rome. Like all roads will lead you to to that single truth. That's been an infinite truth. You know, throughout time and history, people have come to the same conclusion in different cultures in different times. You know, the Egyptians, the uh, people in Mesopotamia, the Native Americans. We they all like they didn't live in the same timelines. They didn't live in the same like places but they all came to the same truth and that's because it's all inside of us it's inside of your heart that's why all people come to the same conclusion you know that's what i believe you know heart is a really strong force in my opinion man it would be beautiful if more people will start to open up to that because i think that's where many start many people start to really fast to connect each other and start to unite and consciousness will rise if we start to connect the hearts and as soon as consciousness rises the people will start to awaken much, much faster than we are already doing. I mean, I, I agree with that. That, that you know, you're, uh, as, a, as a child, you always listen to your heart until your parents and people around you tell you to not listen to it, to listen to something else, and to follow this, to follow that, get a job, uh, get a job, uh, and slowly you get into, you just lose that job, but like kids, you can always see it in small kids. All they want to do is, you know, they want to like, that's, that's, I remember myself as a kid, all I wanted is just to make people happier. I feel that there's also a small percentage of humans right now who are empaths naturally. They, they can feel the feelings of people around them. And the empaths are the people who are waking up uh, like first before all the other population, people who have that kind of feeling because they can feel all the pain and suffering from uh, all the other people. So they're the first people to wake up. That's what I found. Like all the people who I find awake, they, they just have a more sensitive, like sensor feelings and stuff like that, you know? Yeah, I guess it always takes you, um, it needs a kind of uh, amount of pain until you do something, right? We always do the same mistake until uh, we don't do it anymore. It sounds kind of stupid, but it is what it is. We always do the same mistake until we don't do it anymore. And some of us, like me, for example, we really have to suffer until we learn. <laughs> and learning comes from suffering. It does in the end, but it can be attained through other ways. I think so.
also. So I don't think, I was thinking about this uh, a lot lately. Does everybody has to, does everybody have to suffer, you know, to get to the same knowledge or in what, what ways is uh, suffering needed to get, to get to places? What do you think about that, Salim? Everybody who was awakened has had to suffer. I mean, I don't think people just stumble upon it like, hey, let's go hang out today and let's, uh, let's also wake up, you know, let's, uh, let's have fun and wake up. I don't think it happens that way. You know, everybody has to go through a dark period in their life. At least the people I've uh, met who have awoken, they, they have it's to be an alarm to wake up. Exactly. You don't, you don't have, that, that doesn't happen naturally. You have to go through some hard stuff to kind of remind you who you are, like what's really happening. Without that, you're just, because we, when you're born, you think that this reality is everything. And that's why we cry and mourn when, when people die. We think that they went like, but when we know the nature of reality, we, we, you, you don't get sad when they die. You know that it's just like continuous. But when you're first born, you know that you believe that this is everything and you identify with your family, with your country, with, with your school, with all that, and you need something to wake you up from that, you know. My uncle, his son almost died. His uh, his son fell, and he lost consciousness, and he started to give him CPR, and he was not waking up, and that's the moment for my uncle when he woke up. Like, when his he saw his son dying, something clicked inside of him, and like, okay, then all of this doesn't matter, you know. This does not matter if my son is dead. Like, what am I doing here? My son. And that's what kicked it out for him. And different people with different kind of events. Sometimes it's not one event. Sometimes it's like an event after an event after an event. And it's just it keeps building up to that point. But every you cannot reach this state without... I mean, even the prophets, even like Moses, even like Muhammad, Jesus, all these prophets, they had to go through a hard time until they awakened. It just did not happen naturally. And there's there's a calling inside of your heart that always wants to know that there's something more. And it's always searching. And that's... Uh, that's what pushes people to to those kinds of like conclusions it was what what was the first event or first series of events that led you to question and to you know you were a different person before but then when that stuff happened you were not the same person you were questioning you were looking for the truth you had to wake what was that event? what happened okay. okay yeah so as i said before i realized now that it was not really clear how i said it when I was 16, every, every evening, uh, I used to tell my mother at the dinner table uh, about what I found out and that, you know, there, there are these crazy things going on and actually uh, what science is telling us is not, uh, is not true. But then in the beginning, um, not what science is telling us is not true. I, I, that was the beginning where I thought um religion is is not true you know when i was 16 i had this big how do you say kind of atheistic um phase that i went through so for me i'm very thankful for having gone through a lot of phases in my life i've had the mindset of an atheist for quite a while because i was very i, I identified myself with the with the scientists and um, thought they were really cool. And I was like, oh, that gives you a new meaning. Um, and 
You know, all these stories, this was me. You know, all these stories that they told you about the religion and blah, blah, blah. It's all, it's so stupid and it's so not true. So um, I had this phase in my, my life where I was really convinced that there is nothing. There is nothing out there. Do you remember a certain event, like one specific event that like made you think about stuff? Was it a post? Was it a movie? Was it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, there have been many, many events that, so I'm not talking about an awakening or a one, one push moment because there have been so many moments where I've seen how it could be. But what was and, the starting point? I'm trying to get at the starting point. What What was the first step? First point. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's quite important to see that it doesn't go boom. It can also go gradually. And the first phase was when I was 16. It was gradually um, getting out of this atheistic movement and seeing reason in also that there is more. Um, so that was like gradually slowing, slowly but surely getting close to um, maybe spirituality. But then the first boom moment probably was when I got to know um, from a director I know, a really good friend of mine. Uh, I got connected to the Huicholes, uh, Mexican Indian tribe, which is uh, now very close to me. And with the work of that Indian Huicholis uh, tribe, I got to know so many, so many more things that I didn't know. And a total new culture, uh, a total new approach to spirituality, um, a quite an alchemistic or elementary approach because it's so connected to nature. Um, so it's, um, it's about fire, water, wind, earth. It's about the movement and your yourself. So for me, it helped to not have a religious approach, actually, Salim, when I'm very honest. I fled. I fled this whole religious movement like I think a lot of people do now. I think there a lot of people have, they're fed up. They're fed up with religion. Waking up also means taking the responsibility and saying, I see what you are doing, trying to do to us. And you will not separate us by telling us that this religion is different than this religion, because I don't care. I see my brother when I see my brother and I don't, I don't buy, I don't buy it. If you tell me it's, it's any other way. And I think this is what we're trying to do here, no? Is to, to get to these to get to these moments that bring us to these realizations. For me, it was um, moments like this, and then moments where I also had to fall really hard to my face. So, and that's then a bit more difficult to talk about because I think it's very different for each of each and one of us. Um, sometimes in life we get to we get to points we fall and I think in very embarrassing moments 
or in very in moments where you feel very uncomfortable that's a moment to readjust this think again and then go ahead and and maybe try again with a different approach so in moments of discomfort um a lot of times it's it's a good point to start to do something differently what do you think about that guy absolutely yeah done should i go again from the beginning all right can you hear me guys is it better now yeah, yeah. now it's better i think so yeah oh all good right. So we were back, um, like asking what was like awakening point, and like I tried to say before, um, I got like I had to face these things in a really really young age, and like if I would have to go to a certain point where like really <laughs> then uh, I will say were many events after another, but it's uh, surely started to change everything when I started to watch Zeitgeist and a few other movies. One of the first movies was um, about the secrets of the Rothschilds. It was a German series. And there everything started to really, everything started to add up in such a sh short way. So I think for me, it was more like getting to know about the banking and fi finance system. What brought me like to the, like, that was the moment where everything made, that was what I was trying to say before. <laughs> uh yeah i mean i mean i'm only asking it was because like what was the starting point you know for me it was i i watched a movie about the illuminati maybe when i was like a junior here in high school but i didn't give it much attention for me it started when i started smoking weed and saw that first movie again i saw the movie again but with different friends and that's when like the activation button started like seeing now you're on the path that's when it started and it was not a big aha moment you know the only big aha moment for me was uh was acid but before that it was small stuff researching small stuff financial system uh, politics uh, 9-11 religion it was slowly starting out but for me the first time was watching a movie about the secret societies and illuminati and uh uh, smoking weed at the same time, and my friends, you know, whispering in creepy ways. They're like, "Oh, how? What about Islam? What about this?" That's how it kicked off for me. That's that was my like first starting point. And uh, you know, the way the events happened in my life, I was life was not working out for me. You know, my second semester here in the U.S. after I came, I had to drop a class and I failed another class, and. Uh, I stopped working and my dad was paying the rent and he was helping me out and stuff was just did not start working out. And, uh, my, my family started knowing that I did, did drugs. So I just started being this, uh, bad person in their eyes and they would not trust me anymore that. And then, uh, I stole like a thousand dollars from my grandparents once. And I went like shopping in the mall, buying like leather jackets, uh, cool sneakers and just spending a lot of money. And then the reaction I got when they found out and led me to slowly become uh, disidentified. This, this I was not identified with the family, with the culture, with, with school mentality, like graduate and get a job. All that started fading away for me slowly. And 
I was just researching stuff more deeply and deeply. Like six months after that, I went to rehab because I was smoking and drinking every day. I could not deal with reality. And it was like a slowly stuff like that. I was just researching and slowly I was not succeeding in what I was supposed to, you know, quote unquote, to uh, succeed in like school, getting a job, uh, being financially independent. You know, I was not succeeding in that. And uh, I was questioning if that was what I wanted to do, you know, okay, so if this is the situation right now, how could it be in the future? Is this the way I want to live? What's really going on here? Why Why are we all suffering but not speaking about it? Why is everybody depressed or anxious or uh, isolated and, you know, sucked in social, but we're not talking about it? All these questions started happening and I was just researching and I was not getting an answer at the end. I was not getting, like, I'm getting some answer, but not all the, like, not the full answer. That's how it kicked off for me. Until one night, uh, I I took some acid with my uh, with my brother and his friend and we watched this movie and then it all made sense. I remember at the end uh, they were talk they they brought the Statue of Liberty and it was holding that torch that fire torch, and they said that that fire torch means the human, uh, human spirit, human soul. It's, it never goes off. It's always on, you know. And that also means that we as humans we never go extinct. We always produce and we're always here. No, no matter what the age and time and space, we're always existing. We're always coming back, coming back, coming back as a human. And then that made like so much sense to me. Uh, the symbols, the Freemasons, uh, the Illuminati symbols, the pyramid, all, just made, all of it made sense. And it transferred from being an evil uh, symbol to a good symbol that people misused. So these symbols, Freemasons use, the Illuminati and all these people, they're using it from ancient religions, from ancient like secret societies and uh, initiation schools that when, when the people invented these symbols, they, they meant something holy and divine. They were talking about the human spirit and the reincarnation cycle and our relationship to the universe. But the people who got this knowledge in the day of age for like thousands of years have, have hidden that knowledge control the people so if you study it from the conspiracy point of view you will think these symbols mean something evil when in reality they mean something good it's like also the pentagram you know this uh, the star the pentagram if you flip it upside down that's the human body you know uh, your head your two uh, your two hands and your two legs and that's and it also means the five elements but if you flip it up it becomes the goat you know with the two horns on the side and it becomes like something it, it's like when you have some, you have a car, right? You can either use that car for good or you can go and uh, kill people with that car. It's what you do with it. And the people who have been controlling with, with that knowledge, they misused it and they used it to control. The, and that, that was very big for me. And then I understood that because I always had that fear that maybe we could lose you know, Illuminati or whatever, they could win and we become slaves and it's over and we go extinct. And I was like afraid. That's why I was so... Uh, so bent on to spread the truth before everything, you know, falls apart. But then that trip, I understood that, oh no, it never, it never, like we never lose. It's just, we just have to come to that realization and slowly we'll wake up, you know? So I got that sense of comfort that day and sense of just like ease. And I was just blissful and happy and everything. But then my brother fucked it up the next day and it was different, like different trip happened for him. But like that night was very good for me. I understood a lot of stuff. 
when I started <clears throat> researching spirituality, chakras, meditation, that's when I started research. Before that, it was just conspiracies, financial system, all that. Yeah, I think the planet is doing a great deal or a great part of the job by also hiring its vibration and with the new era that we're in now, I think a lot of people are going to realize some new things, but um, this does not really concern the banking system, right? That's why we have to talk about these topics. Deme, and I know that Deme, uh, that Dom is really tingling in his fingers to talk about this. Understand. I mean, that's one of the easiest part to get the people awoken because there are just so many facts about the banking and finance system. And if you go into the Aido to the Rockefeller family, man, what you will find, they will just shock you, man, like, to the core of your body, man. Like, this family has really been doing some bad shit with us, but <laughs> as long, how can I say, the kingdom of the heavens is just within the people. And as long as the people don't don't get extinct, the fight won't stop. The the banking system is just uh, it's you know when they say one ring to rule them all from Lord of the Rings, one ring to uh, unite them all, one ring to rule them all, and that's that's the financial system. It it is in every, every aspect of our life. Wherever we go, there's money connected to everything, and that's the ultimate control is through the financial system. And, uh, you know, there's one of the Rothschilds back in 1700, he had a saying that says, uh, let me rule the currency or the money, and I care not who, who uh, who's the king of that country. And that says a lot of, they, you know, if you, if you see that and understand that, that if you control the money, you control everything. And if you control the banks, you control everything. And uh, we still, you still need to use money unless you're so brave enough and you understand that you can go live in the woods and just camp out and you know, grow your own food and have uh, renewable energy. But if you don't, you, I mean, we still have to exist within the system. So I feel the challenge today is how can we reach people without preaching? You know, we don't want to do what religions do, preach to the people and be like, oh my God, the world's coming to an end. You have to wake up. Yeah, you, you don't have to use that language, but we'll be here for people who are ready, you know, the same way when I was ready, like I wish this thing existed when I was waking up. If somebody told me like, oh, you see all this shit? That doesn't matter because the light is inside of you. So don't worry. You don't have to go through these paths of darkness and all that. That's going to be very helpful. And that's, that's my plan for like the young people. When they get into this path and they listen to us, they'll understand that they don't have to do it alone. And a lot of the media and the pop culture and the movies, they're there to distract you. It's like you have a treasure. But the system or whatever is just trying its best to distract you from that treasure, to make you think that that treasure is outside. You have to go chase it. You have to go get that job. You have to get that good car. You have to get that girlfriend. You have to get this. Distract you to sit down because if you just sit down and meditate for five minutes, you're going to know the answer. You're like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm, uh, I'm immortal. I live forever and the, there's no reason to worry, to get anxious. And you'll understand the truth. When that happens, they can never control you. Because you know your own power. You, you, you are now, you have the decision whether to give that power away to, or to keep that power within yourself. And you have to go through a healing. You have to heal all the trauma, the bad stuff that happened to you. 
all the patterns, the habits, you have to understand that and start changing that until, see, like the Egyptians thought that the temple of God is us. Our body is the temple of God. And you have to purify it because God does not come to a dirty house. And that includes your emotions, your thoughts, your beliefs, your behavior, all this stuff. That's why in, in the Bible it says, uh, you know, coveting other people's stuff, jealousy, hatred is, is a sin. Just the thought of that negative, bad stuff is a sin because you have to, you have to have like positive thoughts, positive emotions. Not necessarily all the time, like 24 hours, you know, you're not Jesus yet. But you should work towards that. You should work towards becoming a better person so God can manifest in you and you become God on earth, you know. That's, you know, that's how I see things. That's like, that's the transformation you have to go through after going through all that financial, banking, wars, politics. You have to understand that all this is because those people are disconnected from God. They don't know what God is. And they're trying to gain their power from, uh, you know, raping kids from killing people they they actually do sacrifices if you want to go into that like they they really sacrifice people and they sacrifice kids to get the power and energy so because they don't have a source of energy their source of energy is us so they have to kill us torture us uh, manipulate us mind control so they can get their energy and and they you know they don't need money so a lot of people in conspiracy theory they'll tell you they're doing it for the money that's like, that's first grade conspiracy. That's like, you know, kindergarten conspiracy because they create money. You know, they have the banks, they create the money. They don't need the money. They have all the money in the world. They're really put, spending a lot of money to convince you and me that we are nothing. We are worthless. You have to get a job to be a person. You have to do this. That's what they're trying to, that's why they spend all the money. And when they do that, they win. And it's like religion. It's like all these things that make you disconnect from your own self religion will tell you god is out there you have to obey god and you have to, politics will tell you we have the solution you have you have to vote for us uh, finance and economics will tell you you have to get money to become a it's all distracting you from the light that's inside of yourself man i'm impressed by your talk man <laughs> really man you're really doing good work 100 percent so I mean, we can go a little bit into secret societies, and I'll like I'll kick it off. You know, my my thing of secret societies is when you get into conspiracies first, all you hear about is consp uh, secret societies and how they exist throughout the world and all the symbols and all that stuff. And uh, secret societies started out sometimes it's a good thing. So imagine the world today when we don't have awake people, like they're all they're barely ten, fifteen percent people who are awake, but the rest is sleeping. Back 3,000 years in Plato's time and all these people, it was maybe like 2%, 1% of people were awake. And they had kingdoms. So when they wanted to protect that, because everybody who spoke about that was killed. There was no courts. There was no, they were just killed. So they wanted to protect that knowledge and to give it to people who are worthy of knowing that knowledge. So they created secret societies where you have to prove yourself to be honest, to be worthy of this knowledge. And then they tell you that knowledge and then they reveal it to you. And so now you have the torch, you have the lamp. They pass the lamp on to you. And it's, that's why it's, it's been done in secrets, only for people who deserve it. That's, you know, that's how I see the, I mean, that's how secret societies were, were started. You know, I, uh, Dionysus, uh, Mithras, all these in, ancient, like, so that's, that's the, where the secret society started. Isis and Egypt. That's how they started. They started as a good thing. But then people abuse it as anything that has power. 
when when power gets concentrated into one percent those people will get like the human nature will come out and it will start to like uh, corrupt it secret societies in their true form they were good things they they wanted to help the human soul help humans yeah what i heard to that about secret societies um i hear a problem with the word we shouldn't call them secret societies because a society only has to be secret when the state forbids it to exist right otherwise there wouldn't be any reason to be secret um or uh, how Sadhguru would say it uh, in a time where the state forbids certain activities that was the time where a lot of secret societies were uh, founded Salim very nicely said with the with the light and the passing on of the light so because knowledge knowledge is light and it's also what Dom and I are trying to do on our channel verbal seed planting so you can either verbally talk to somebody and ignite and this this light inside of you and we also talk about the will of fire and you can also with talking you can spread the word and set the seed plant the seed hell yeah um a question to you Salim. you talked about um the inner life before like the god within yourself and that's society and everything else hollywood whatever is like pulling you away from it and you said like you you transform yourself you transformed yourself like what did you change to like get to your inner light because in my opinion it's not that easy honestly i'm trying hard it's not that easy i'm not perfect i'm always like a work in progress you know, it's not it's not that something you you know i i heard a teacher once said and i like that that you know enlightenment or uh awakening is not like a college degree once you get it you can hang it on the wall and you have it forever it's either it either is in the moment or it's not it's something that's you have to acquire in every single moment it's not something but it gets easier with practice right for me i believe the environment i was born into was a little bit strict and my father was i believe he 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 was disconnected from his emotions so the way he treated our family was not with a lot of love and compassion he did what he could but i as a child i felt like you know i felt i lived in that victim mentality a lot you know i felt like things bad things were happening to me and why me why is this happening to me and i would get mad and get sad about that and that was a big thing that i had to change when you awaken like you have to understand that you are the cause of all the stuff that happened to your life and you have to change the way you think and for me it was just listening to a lot of different teachers and listening listening to a lot of different like subjects and how to better yourself and for me the biggest thing was getting out of my religion disconnecting from their religious beliefs at first i had a bad relationship i started like being an enemy of islam and starting like try to expose it but then as it grew i understood that there are some uh, like good stuff in religion that like till today i believe like they're so good they they tell you how to be a good neighbor to be a good uh, father a good person and, and uh, uh how to be a best example how to have faith in god have but there's also the bad stuff where they use fear you know they they make you fear 
hell, fear, that's where they try to control you. Religion uses guilt and fear to control you. So for me, the first thing to, to understand was my beliefs create my emotions. Emotion, like if I tell you something in Arabic right now, you wouldn't feel anything because you don't understand it because you don't have a thought about it. But when that thing has a meaning for you, that meaning creates an emotion. And for me, I understood that, okay, so my beliefs create my emotions. What are the beliefs and thoughts that make me feel guilt, shame, uh, hopelessness, despair, all these bad emotions? What are those thoughts and beliefs? And I had to dig deep and, you know, I had to go through addiction and understand that, you know, for me, because I was bullied, because I was told what to do, I was not good enough. All these feelings were subconscious or thoughts were subconscious happening in my brain. And I had to bring them up to the surface and understand that they came from somewhere else. And now whenever that thought comes up again, I just, once you understand you're in the driving seat, you can tell it no. When the thoughts comes up, you're like, okay, no, thank you. I'm not going to feel that. I'm not going to think that. And you set it aside, but it's a practice. Meditation is important. I meditate for like five, 10 minutes in the morning, sometimes silent, sometimes with music. You know, I like to start the First thing I start in the morning is like I put happy music or uh, affirmations or do a meditation. Just say like this day is good. And I'm a curious person. I like to read. I'm intellectual. I, I like to understand how things happen, why things happen. So I always keep researching and it just reaffirms my thing and the truth. And for me, the last part was to understand that when people give you a bad response, before I used to get mad at myself and start like feeling shame feeling bad about myself but now i understand that it's the other person if i do something good and a good intention and they react badly that does not affect me i'm like oh so they're having a bad day i don't i don't let it affect me i understand that it's and you know it's the best feeling when you when you know that you have the power that you know the source the source of your energy the source of your happiness the source of your peace is within you so it's changing those beliefs, understanding the beliefs that come up from your childhood and replacing them with empowering beliefs that make you believe in yourself and reminding yourself every day, you have to remind yourself, like I am the source of my happiness. I'm the source of my peace. And when I get do that, I just become super ecstatic and happy. I'm like, God damn, like I don't have to fight for it. I don't have to earn it. I don't have to pay money. It's just right here. It's with me. And you sit down with it and you just feel so powerful and so peaceful and you feel like you have everything, you know, it's like, even though you don't, you don't have like a lot of money in the bank, but you feel like you have everything you need. And for me now, the challenge I have is what do I do with my future and this knowledge? Because sometimes I go out in society, I feel like I don't need any of this, you know, I'm, I'm good. I'm happy. I'm, I don't need to get a job. I don't need to uh, find a girlfriend. I don't, I'm just happy the way I am. I don't need other people. And I'll finish with this. Like this puts you away, puts you apart from society. When you start being that way, people don't like you a lot. The negative people won't like you. They will, uh, they will try to bring you down. They're like, oh, you're happy. They'll try to poke you. You know, like, tick, tick, tick. Please feel bad. Feel, and you start seeing it in people's eyes, and you start seeing it in people's responses. And you know, that's uh, that's like negative. You know, and uh, to understand, like, to understand, understand that, and fight it when when it happens it's just so amazing when you see people just getting mad for no reason getting negative for reasons just because you're being yourself 
it may, it may, like that's what I had to fight. The last stage of my story was to understand that the people's response is from them. It's not from me. The old Salem thought that it was me. I was the reason I am bad. I should feel bad. I made them feel bad. But now I understand like, no, when I try to be myself, they try to bring you down. And when you start, I, you know, I try to do an imagination where there's like an invisible white shield around me. And I put like, that's my antivirus. Like it's, it's a negativity shield. Whenever people have negative energy or negative intense, I only just bounces back. And when I do that imagination, I just feel good. I'm like, oh, fuck all these people, man. I'm just me and I'm enjoying it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Salim, would you also agree that this task is dif more difficult with people that are closer to you? Oh, yes. Especially my mom. My mom has an unhealthy attachment with me. <laughs> she, uh, like... The thing is, right now, I'm, I depend on my mom. She, she's paying my rent, and uh, she also uh, took my car away, so I have to please her. But I just see that, like, when I told her about the podcast, she, she, she was like, don't feel bad if this does not succeed, if this does not work out, this could not work out. And she was saying it from love, but that, that was a negative message, you know? She's like, you have to be okay if it does not work out. It might not work out. You know, instead of saying this will be awesome, this will be amazing, like damn it ma and my my biggest problems in the past was my brother because uh i was bullied in school so i bullied my brother he was younger than me so i used to like beat his ass off a lot and when he grew up he grew up hating me a lot and uh he went and learned mma and boxing so when he hit puberty and he was like 17 18 i could not beat him up anymore and he would beat me up and i had to like work on that relationship with him a lot uh, in the past because every small thing would just become a very big disagreement with him and it would be just yeah people close to you some people say like from the hindu religion and the incarnation stuff is the people you incarnate with as a family you have a lot of stuff to work out with them that's why you incarnate together that's why you give each other like you know tough love you know and yeah people when you learn from me, when you learn that people cannot affect you and you live like that, you just, you feel like you're Superman, man. You're like, yeah, bring all your negative energy, man. I'm still going to be here happy. And, and you'll find this when people uh, want to fight you or angry and you do not respond with anger and with negativity, they will get more angry than you if you responded being angry. Like if somebody's trying to scream at you and like cuss you out and say bad things about you and you look, oh man, I hope you get well. I hope the best for you. I love you. They go more pissed, but that's the only way to do it. You know, that's the, that's the metaphor of Jesus saying, give them the other cheek. When people are being negative to you, you're like, oh, you still want to, uh, let me hear the other cheek. Go negative more. They, they will be like puzzled. They will be surprised. Like, huh? You're not angry? What? They, they will like fade away in the, like in the background. They will never come back again. Mm. Tell him I heard a very interesting uh, explanation uh, for that in biology why why people get addicted to anger and the guy said when your total dopamine level in your day is very low and you you don't feel positive energy and so on then when somebody insults you that dopamine kick you get 
you actually get addicted to that dopamine kick that you get from somebody insulting you and you insult him back. So you get enraged, you get blah, blah, blah. You get, uh, yeah, almost overwhelmed. You say something you don't want to say and your body reminds yourself of, uh, hey, if I do this, I get some action. So let's do this. Yeah, a lot of it is also attention seeking, you know, people who don't get attention yeah, from parents, from people around them. They will do anything to get that attention, even if it's negative attention. They will go to lengths to do that. And, you know, I'll just keep saying it again. When you get free from what people think of you and how people respond to you, that's the most powerful you can be ever. You know, if you just disconnect from what people think and feel about you, you can be yourself regardless of what people are doing around you. And it's not easy. It's not like, oh, oh, that was very nice, Salem. I'll just do it tomorrow and think it does not happen like that practice it's practice you know people will piss you off people will try to get you angry you have to remind yourself you know even if you put it as a background on your phone don't respond to people who act negatively smile just be calm and slowly as that happens you won't you won't respond to people negatively you know you just you will you know some some people need some people need a lot of like steps to get there some people can get there faster because they had a lot of suffering and pain in their childhood that they already have like enough uh paying dollars in their account so they don't need to go through the all all that uh transformation they just with all that pain they take it and they're like Vroom. transformation happened some people know they need practice and they need like stepping stones until they get there but you know it's it's our natural way our your, your natural way is to be happy and that's why a lot of traditions and religions they say remove the negativity remove the ego you don't have to build the positive self. It's it's already there, but you just have to remove the negative stuff out so that can come through. And I would say it's also a good thing if it goes step by step and slowly, slowly. Because if you remove the layers like uh, it is an onion, it's kind of, you get leveled up and you, you progress with life. But if you would in one instant see the whole truth, uh i don't think a lot of people could handle the truth right the, if you get smacked with it right away it's too much but slowly yeah. slowly we can maybe yeah that's why i think people who are who are like us that did it slowly because there is gonna be a time and that's that's just an opinion of mine that the truth is gonna be revealed in one shot it's gonna happen and it's gonna be like uh okay all the pedo- all the pedophilia, all the corruption, all the religious bullshit, all that all that stuff will uh, will just be exposed at one time, and people will have to swallow that pill at once, and they will not know how to deal with it, right? So we will be here who have already done this, and they, we will have to be their therapist for, for a while. We we'll have to like, calm them down. We have to uh, teach them how to be a better person. They have to go through that process, you know. It's like uh, they will break. They will have a psychotic break when when they see it all together, because you know I feel like right now there's the awake people. They're just so awake. They're like so awake. And then there's the people who are sleeping. And they're so asleep. There's this big gap between the two groups. And as I said, it's gonna be fully exposed once. You know, uh, we will get. A, they will get exposed, and boom, they will not know how to handle it. 
and it will be one thing after the other. And we will have to be here to be their therapist. We're going to be like, oh, it's all, it's all okay. It's all good. This is how you do. This is da, da, da. And you slowly, when, when we're already there, that's why I feel like we wake up early as young people and people at this time, because when that shit happens, we have to be there to uh, take care of the people who are going to be snapped out of it and going to freak out. We're going to already be here like the teachers. We're going to be like, it's all good. Follow this, do that. You know, we're going to be an example. It's our duty. It's also what I think it's the job of our generation, transform darkness to light. Like you said, when all these people will wake up, our generation will be here and has to take on all the burden of history on our, on our shoulders and we will be the ones to lead the way. And I actually think that. And that's why I also think it's so important for us to do what we are doing right now creating our own podcast so as soon as possible people can start to reach out to us because i know there are already so many people out there man when i start to tell people about this they were like oh my god finally you're doing something like that oh come on start doing this oh these stars and i'm not i'm not shitting man from everywhere of the world so i really think that's a big step for us going to that direction and man we're sea planting and Solemn's podcast, guys, we got to do it this again and go deeper and deeper and deeper because as much um, as more people hear us talking about that, as more people will start to reach out to us. And I think that's one big, huge step into yeah, our future and the future of the world. Yeah, yeah Nalim, thank you so much for giving us the opportunity uh, to connect with you. It's uh, really yeah. cool to have gained um, a new friend, getting to know a new friend and uh, a new correspondence overseas. <laughs> and I believe this is a good, good start. Like we just break the ice, we get to know each other, we get to talk about these subjects. So later on in the future, we can take like certain specific subjects and uh, talk about them more deeply. This was just like a sprinkle of everything, you know, talking about different stuff just to give people uh, exactly, you know, that salt guy in terms of. <laughs> <laughs> Sprinkle that shit. Yeah. yeah. Sprinkle it. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So they know what we're about, you know, what we're doing. We're not we're not here to waste time, talk about different we're talking about what really matters, what to do and how to be true to yourself, to the people around you and to always remain positive and uh you know that's the message. You know, you know, I'll just say this before we close, you know, always believe in yourself believe that god is always with you and any challenge that happens in life focus on it focus on know that people are trying to steal your light they're trying to bring you down but if you understand that you have that light and you know that thing it will get better and better and better it's like a pra it's like a sport and a practice first you start you know uh you start like walking on your core Four, uh, four legs, I mean, uh, legs and arms, and then you start walking, and then you start running, and then it becomes natural to you. And people be like, hey, can, how can I be like you? And you be yourself, you know, you be an example. Exactly. Like, that's, you know, that's my uh, my final word, my final word, and uh, we'll definitely do more podcasts together, you know, this is just the beginning. Definitely. And Dom and I also have uh, one last sentence to say together. <laughs> and it's <laughs> It doesn't matter how dark, how dark it gets. The, the will of fire within your heart will always, always spark a light. Always here. Oh, here's the light too, man. Let's do it together. <laughs> Let's do the light. <laughs> <laughs>
Spark that light. <laughs> Spark that light, man. Right, exactly. So stay tuned, guys and girls. All right, man. It was uh, I enjoyed this a lot, and uh, I'm really glad I got to know you guys. Let's do more of this. Yeah, yeah man. It's great having you, man. We're really looking forward to have other talks with you and go a little bit deeper into the rabbit hole together, man. Yes. Yep. Yes. So, see you guys. <laughs> you have great friends, Salim. Right, you have great man. friends. <laughs> yeah, you too, guys. Thank you so much, Salim. <laughs>